Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm super excited today. I have an awesome, amazing, fun guest. Her name is Emily Fletcher. Emily is the founder of Ziva Meditation and the leading expert in meditation for performance. She's taught over 40,000 people the skill of meditation. She's an inter international speaker and an author. Her best-selling book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, debuted at number seven out of all books on Amazon, and it's been translated into 12 languages. The Ziva technique is a powerful combination of mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting designed to help you get better at life, not meditation. Emily, welcome to the show. Hey, it's so good to see your face. It's so good to hear your voice. I miss you. I miss you too. Thank you so much for being here. So tell us uh, a little bit about you real quick. I want to know, let, tell people about you. How'd you get into meditation? How are you so awesome? <laughs> uh, well, I would say I am so awesome because of meditation. I'm 12 years into my career now, to my meditation career. And it's changed, I mean, it's changed me on a cellular level. It's changed the decisions that I make, the way that I interact with people, my sleep, cured my insomnia, stopped going gray. I'd say it's given me the courage and bravery to heal my codependence, sort of just coming to terms with how dang codependent I am and have been for most of my life. Um, and I used to be on Broadway. I was on Broadway for 10 years. I found meditation, it changed my whole life went to India, trained for three years to be a teacher. And then since graduating, I did all those fancy pants things you've said. And now it really feels like the world and me and Ziva were all at the beginning of this new chapter. It really feels, it feels kind of like day one of this new chapter. And I'm thrilled and scared and excited to see what it what's next. That's awesome. I love that you said change to at a cellular level. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, Naeem, I just want to, the, when I'm talking and I'm hearing you, it sounds like white noise is happening, but then when you talk, it goes quiet. Is that my background noise? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't notice. I didn't notice it. Is it still happening? Let me just talk, 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 talk. No, now it stopped. I did notice a little bit of fuzziness, but nothing too remarkable. I think it's good. I don't hear anything now. Do you hear anything now? No, I don't. Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay, great. Okay, cellular. It comes up. Let me know for sure. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I love what you said about that, right? It just really, it does shift you on a cellular level, like biochemically, right? Yeah. So a lot of people think that meditation is just like, oh, that's something I'll do to calm my mind. It's something I'll do to quiet my mind. It's like a cute bubble bath. I'll get around to that when I have some extra time. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is the single most powerful stress relieving tool we have we need to be thinking about it as a mental hygiene as like brushing our teeth taking a shower this is not a pedicure for your brain this is like oh when you're stressed you're stupid sick and slow and we cannot afford as a species to be stupid sick and slow we've got big challenges coming our way we're going to need all hands on deck mentally all hands on deck physically in order to be able to face the challenges that are that are heading towards us that are here and so you know and I've, i feel like for myself like i i just went through a massive life change through the through a pandemic with a toddler running a company and every time i see people people are like wow you look so radiant wow you look so happy and and that's not an accident right like that's um that's a return on 12 years of time invested 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that, that's such a great example, right? Cause you're a perfect person that could have those excuses. I have a kid and running a company COVID, but you still, it seems like, and I know you, right? So I know you probably prioritize meditation, right? But can you talk about that? Cause most people, they put meditation on the back burner, right? I got yeah. my kid, I got to grow my company. COVID's mm-hmm. happening. I don't have time for that. So like, what's your thought process and what would you tell people in that vein? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it's it's very simply like I can't afford to not meditate. Like I get dumb. Like if I don't meditate, I start making dumb mistakes. I my vision gets cloudy. I stop being able to make decisions. Um, I have to pro and con it. I start gallop pulling all my friends because I can no longer hear my intuition. So I'll spend three hours calling everybody I know. I'll be like, well, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? Instead of just getting still, meditating, turning up the volume on my own intuition, letting God tell me what to do instead of telling, instead of like eight therapists, three coaches and two best friends, which everybody has their opinion, right? Like everybody has their agenda, whereas God does not. And when I say God, by the way, I know the G word is triggering for people, but my definition of God is the collective consciousness of all that is. And so it's you tapping into creativity itself. And, and listening for how nature or your higher self or the universe or whatever term you want to put on it, whatever English word you like to name it, um, will never be enough to get to the magnitude of the entity itself. So it really doesn't matter what name we call it. Um, but anyway, why not let that thing direct the show instead of your judgy friend who's jealous of you? Yeah, I love that. I love what you said. Turn up the intu- turn up the volume on your intuition. Mm-hmm. Yes, turn up the volume on your intuition. And and what a lot of people think, a lot of people think, well, I can't meditate because I can't clear my mind. I can't meditate because my thought, my brain is too busy. And this is just something that we have to clear up out of the gate. Like, no one can clear their mind. All right. Like, it, no. Let me correct that. No one can give their brain a command to stop thinking. Right? The mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily. And so if you're running around judging your meditations based on how good you are giving your brain a command to stop, you're always going to feel like you're failing and then you're likely going to quit. Now, the reason why people even want to clear their minds at all is that they don't like what it's saying, right? Like normally people's minds are like, oh, I suck, I suck, I suck. I'm going to die alone with cats eating my face. And so it's like, who wants that thing running around? So you're just trying, shh, shh, shh. can you just be quiet? So then I can like myself and then I can have peace. But the thing is that it's not if I can stop my mind from thinking, then I'll experience bliss. It's actually when you experience bliss, then the mind falls silent. So it's the opposite of what everyone's been doing. But point of the story is that people are trying to quiet their mind because they don't really like what it's saying. But if you start a meditation practice and you change your neurochemistry, then the the inner dialogue starts to shift where you start to think, oh, you know what? Well, if they can do it, so can I. I'm I'm just as good as anybody else. If they don't want to date me, great. I'll date someone else. If they don't want to hire me, awesome. I'm sure something else is right along the way. Those are great. I love that. That's so true. How did you get into meditation? did the Broadway thing and you're an actress, right? For 12, mm-hmm. oh, you're meditating for 12 years now, but before that- I was on Broadway for 10, but acting since I was in fourth grade. Um, so I was, my last show was a chorus line where I was understudying three of the lead roles. And 
which is very stress inducing because you just never know like you get thrown on at a moment's notice and that started leaving leading to anxiety and insomnia and going gray and getting sick yeah. and it was really confusing as to why i was living my dream doing the thing i wanted to do since i was a child and i was miserable and so um, long story short the woman sitting next to me in the dressing room she had a harder job than i did but she was nailing it and then i said what do you know that i don't know and she said i meditate so I went along to her teacher. I signed up for this four-day course. On the first day of the first class, I was meditating. Now, I had no idea what that meant, but I was in a decidedly different state of consciousness than I had ever been in before, and I liked it. And then that night, I slept through the night for the first time in 18 months, and I have every night since, and that was 12 years ago. Then I stopped going gray. I'm 42 now. I have like two gray hairs. I was legitimately going gray in my 20s. I did not get sick for eight and a half years. I started enjoying my job again. So I just thought, why does everybody not do this? So I left Broadway and I went to India and I started what became a three-year training process to teach. Uh, so you started your like official meditation training in India? Like... Well, I started for my, th I took myself to India on like a personal retreat. Like I just wanted to go to deepen my own knowledge. And I was studying uh, the Upanishads, which the Upanishads are a collection of poems, um, like born out of the Vedas. And for something to be an Upanishad, then basically the theme is that there's only one thing and we're all it. And that one thing is unity. That one thing is energy. Um, you know, you could look at it like the Higgs boson particle if you wanted to. Um, so I was studying the Upanishads and I was there just for my own personal practice. But it was in India that I that nature was like, hey, guess what you're going to be doing? <laughs> like it became very clear um, that that's that's where I was wanting to be used. Um, and then I started my training officially in Los Angeles. And then I was back and forth from India and then finished in New York. And then, then you decided to start Ziva. Yeah, so I actually decided to start Ziva while I was still in my teacher training because it was about 18 months. It was about 18 hours a, a week of, med of just meditation. So eyes closed, many hours a day, 18 hours a week of meditation practice plus apprenticing and transcribing books by hand in Sanskrit and helping people move through the course and many tests. And so I was, I was training. So it was a very long, intensive training process. It was kind of like getting a PhD in the Vedas. Um, it was not a weekend yoga certification. Um, but in that year and a half that I was training, I then was all the while thinking of like, well, how am I going to bring this to the world? How am I going to, you know, build a movement around this? And that's when I started Ziva. So I started, like had the website before I'd ever taught one person. Very cool. Mm -hmm. What would you say to people that are like, like struggling with meditation and like trying to start, but they don't because they don't feel they're doing it right? I would say that it's a skill. And if you were going to start, if you wanted to speak Japanese or learn to tap dance or learn to be a sculptor, you would probably take a class or read a book or find a mentor or find a teacher. Um, someone that you trust, someone that you like their style, someone that makes you feel better on the other side. And meditation is no different. It's a skill. And I would argue a very important skill that's actually changing the plasticity and regenerative capabilities of your brain and your decision-making matrix and printing every cell in your body. So it's not... Like when people are like, oh, I don't have time to meditate. That's like saying... 
oh, I'm a professional race car driver and I don't have time to take care of the engine of my car. Like it just really like, oh, does you, do you like making good decisions? Do you like being healthy? Do you like having good sleep? Do you like being intuitive and creative? Cool, then let's take care of the machine that's in charge of all of that. Um, so one, it's knowing that it's a skill and like any other skill, it requires training. Um, I also think that people think that Meditation just means quieting the mind, and that comes from a very um, a monk-like style of meditation. And so lots of people like me and you who have busy minds and busy lives are trying to practice monastic meditation, and then they think they're bad at it. Like, well, I just can't do it because I can't clear my mind. So it's like step one, you don't have to clear your mind. Step two, find a technique that's made for you and not a monk. And then step three, find a teacher that resonates with you and that you enjoy. Um, and, and then it's like you won't be able to imagine your life without it. Yep. Can you explain a little bit about the science behind how it actually does change you at a cellular level? Sure. Um, so when the body gets stressed, we launch into fight or flight, right? Fight, fight, or freeze. And when we do that, um, we go into um, body starts to produce a lot of adrenaline and cortisol, which are stress hormones. Um, your blood pressure increases, your immune system goes to the back burner, um, your vision narrows, um, your sex drive goes away, your skin acidity changes. Um, and so this series of chemical reactions are all very good for you if your demands are predatory attacks, right? Like if you're preparing for a tiger or a bear, then everything I just mentioned is very useful. If your demands are emails, breakups, proposals, starting a business, in-laws, then this fight or flight thing has become maladaptive. It's now disallowing us from performing at the top of our game, and yet our bodies have not yet evolved to catch up to our modern day demands, right? So, you know, in-laws are coming over, we break out into a cold sweat, skin gets acidic, you know, stomach knots in our stomach, because the body thinks that it's going to, that it's under attack, right? So we just have an outdated stress reaction to modern day demands. And if this happened once a decade, no biggie, right? Like to get stressed even once a week, who cares? Body's infinitely adaptable. What's happening is that our modern day lifestyles, we just have like chronic stress. We're eating food that isn't food. We're not having enough sex. We're not moving our bodies enough. We're not in the sunlight enough. We have blue lights from screens into our eyes all day. We're eating chemicals in our water and our food. And so it's just this low grade chronic stress that just keeps accumulating and accumulating and accumulating. And the body's having to adapt and adapt and adapt. And that costs us a lot. And then over time, we end up with these chronic stress like injuries. I mean, you could say that heart disease, cancer, autoimmune deficiencies, reproductive issues, erectile dysfunction, infertility, like all of these can be symptoms of chronic stress. And migraines, um, getting sick, often premature aging, these are all indicators of, of too much stress in the body. So what meditation is doing is that it's not taking away those demands, but it is increasing your body's ability to handle those demands. It's increasing your body's ability to rest and digest. So specifically with Ziva meditation, what we're doing is we're giving the body rest that's five times deeper than sleep. And when we do that, do you hear that? Yeah, it's really loud on my end. Yeah, it's gone now. 
But it it's gone when you speak, but when I speak, it's so loud. Your mic thing? I've never heard this before on Zoom ever. Okay. I'm on. I'm on my professional microphone. Let me try and. Um, hmm. Well, it's gone now. It wasn't happening the whole time. I just noticed for like. No, it's like when I speak and you don't speak for long periods of time, it gets progressively louder and louder and louder. Okay. But. It, I have no idea what it is. I don't. Let's go audio options. Let's see. Okay, I don't. I don't really know what to, what to do. Cool, we're good. Okay. We're saying Ziva meditation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what Ziva does is that it's giving your body rest that's five times deeper than sleep, and when you do that, you start to engage this rest and digest function. So instead of just piling up adrenaline and cortisol. You start to let the adrenaline and cortisol leave the body, and then you start flooding the brain and body with dopamine and serotonin. So in the beginning, it's just a chemical change. I mean, that's a significant chemical change. To go from being riddled with stress, stress chemistry to bliss chemistry is already going to feel amazing. Um, but then over time, what you do is you start to heal things on a pre-verbal cellular level. You start to heal things that you've had stored in your body possibly for decades and maybe even things that you've inherited from previous generations. So, you know, we've now scientifically proven that you can inherit stress up to two generations. Some people hypothesize up to seven. Also over time, if you're chronically stressed, um, you're sending energy to the amygdala center of the brain, which is the fear center of the brain. And just like if you're in the woods and you walk on a trail enough times, the trail will start to get bigger and wider. Um, so same with our brain. If we're constantly sending blood and energy into the fear center of the brain, we're really making those neural pathways six-laned highways. And we instead want to pave the neural pathways to rest and digest, to creativity, to right and left hemispheres of the brain functioning in unison. That's incredible. Yeah. And you know what's great? I love what you said about like it should be just as important as sleep, right? Like you're saying the race car driver needs to take their, take care of the car. I feel like it's like, and most people don't even value sleep enough these days, right? Sleep is another one that's underrated, but meditation is way more underrated than sleep. Yeah, but you know what? If you read that book, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, which is an amazing book and also terrifying, um, you could basically remove the word sleep and put in the word meditation, and it's almost it's almost the same science not a hundred percent but like 90 percent because with ziva meditation the whole point of it is rest the whole point of it is giving your body deep healing rest it's a different state of consciousness from sleep and it does do different things but the healing modalities the rest and digest the changing the neurochemistry the memory functions the emotional processing functions like all those things that shut down why we feel like crap when we don't sleep the same holds true for meditation because our modern day demands are just asking so much of us as humans that we need extra rest, that sleep is not a restful enough form of rest to handle the level of modern day demands. So we need sleep plus meditation if we really truly want to be performing at the top of our games. That's incredible. 
And would you say epigenetics is when you're kind of like updating your genes? Does meditation, is, is it able to do that too when you're meditating? Are you able to upgrade your genes? Yeah, so here's a Broadway showgirl's definition of epigenetics. Um, and I learned this from Riccardo Sabatini, who I heard speak at Summit. And he was one of the um, geneticists who developed CRISPR. He's given a TED Talk, like on the TED main stage, about like when they decoded the human genome. This has been many years ago now. But my understanding of what he said is that if you think about the human genome, like a 100-page book, it's only the last five pages, which are our genes. It's only the last five pages that are fixed. The first 95 pages of that book are your epigenetics. And that that's good news because your epigenetics are changeable. They're mutable. That means that every time you exercise or have sex or eat organic food or go into sunshine, you're turning on the healthy epigenetics. And every time you pull an all-nighter, go through a breakup, drink too much, eat McDonald's, like then you're turning on like the unhealthy um, genetic expressions. So it's like the first 95 pages, the instruction manual telling the last five pages what to do. And, and I think this is actually very empowering. Some people feel stressed out about it, but I think it's empowering because it gets you out of a fatalistic view of like, well, my mom had diabetes, so I'm going to have it. It's like, well, yes, you inherited a blueprint to where you're, you have a propensity for it, but you're the architect. You get to decide what house you build. You can update it and improve the blueprint, right? Mm-hmm. You do that by every time you exercise, every time you meditate, every time you are in sunshine. You know, these are the things that are changing our, our epigenetics and also our neurogenesis, which is the, the brain's ability to generate new neurons. Yeah. I like neurogenesis, the brain's ability to generate new neurons. It's very cool. Okay. So we talked a lot about meditation and how amazing it is. A lot of people hear this, but like, and I know there is no prescription to doing it, but like, well, I, I, I think there is a prescription to doing it. Okay, cool. What? <laughs> really? Edit that? No. Uh, so no, I keep it. Because I mean, I think that a lot of people are like, oh, well, just find what works for you and just do whatever. And like maybe meditation for you is painting or maybe meditation for you is biking in the woods. And like, no, that's called painting and that's called biking. That's why they have their own words, everyone. Like meditation is a verifiable fourth state of consciousness. It's not just like sitting around and looking at leaves. So, what, so what's the prescription that people do? <laughs> um, okay, so... Let me qualify because I sound very dogmatic and like a zealot. And I am a zealot, but I'm not dogmatic. Um, so I, there are thousands of different types of meditation. And yes, you have to find a style that works for you. But the trick is that most people in this day and age are doing monastic meditation, meaning they're trying to focus, they're trying to clear their minds, they're trying to have fancy fingers, they're sitting in uncomfortable positions and they feel like they're failing and then they quit. And so we've got billions of stressed out people out there who would love to feel better, but they think that they, the meditation just doesn't work for them. So now if we switch from monastic meditation and into what I call like the lazy meditation, like meditation for people with busy minds and busy lives, but we're not going to meditate for 10 hours a day. Um, like for Ziva, what I teach is mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting, right? So the three M's. And we start with mindfulness, which is very good at getting rid of your stress in the now. Then we move into meditation, which is really good at healing your stress from the past, all that cellular clearing I was talking about. 
And then we end with manifesting, which is all about getting clear in your dreams for the future. I love that. That's amazing. So what should somebody, and I know they could obviously learn more by checking out your website, zivameditation.com, right? That's it, zivameditation.com. Like if somebody wanted to start dipping their toes in it or just start picking it up again, like meditate mm-hmm. in the morning, meditate when they feel like they need it. Like what's the general? Yeah. So I feel like you wouldn't, if you're someone who loves coffee and you feel like you need coffee to give you energy, the coffee that you drank last Tuesday isn't going to help you today. Right. It's like you want that boost. You have to drink it every day. And meditation is quite similar in that the meditation that you did three weeks ago in Tulum is not going to help you with your decision making abilities today. Um, It really is a daily practice. And the cool thing is that the benefits become cumulative. They start to build on top of themselves um, and they start to speed up the benefits. So. What I teach at Ziva is every day, twice a day. So in the morning before coffee, breakfast, computer, and then in the, in the afternoon, like I'm, I'm hit, I'm hitting my second meditation time now. Like I'm starting to get like a little like, Ooh, sure. would love to meditate. Um, and then I'll do it. Like after this podcast, I'll meditate and it'll give me like a hit of freshness and energy and creativity and joy that'll take me through till the end of the night tonight. Um, which anyone who has a side hustle or a kid or is in a new relationship, you know, if you're working eight hours a day, it's like you need a little boost before you go on to that second part of your day. And that's really where Ziva, where the magic happens there. Um, So for people who want to start though, again, know that meditation is a skill. And I've only met like two people in my life that are just like, yeah, when I was seven, I just cognized my own style of meditation and it works great for me. Um, Everybody else that I know needs some training. Um, and so I have a book, it's called Stress Less, Accomplish More. I do teach a gentle technique in there. I find personally that it's easier to learn with some guidance, right? So for people who want to get started, um, I'd love to gift them the first three days of my most popular training. Uh, it's called Ziva Online. And they can go to zivameditation.com slash preview. And that'll gift them the first three days of the course. And they can see like, oh, I like her style of teaching or like, oh, I get this. And yeah, the idea is that once you move through all 15 days, then by the time you graduate, you don't need me anymore. You don't need an app or guidance or a gong or headphones or Wi-Fi. It's like, who wants to be plugged to their phone in order to meditate? Like, that to me, that's like having an AA meeting in a liquor store. Like we want to be infinitely self-reliant, self-sufficient. Um, and so the cool thing about Ziva is that once you finish the training, you have this practice to take with you for life, the mindfulness, the meditation, and the manifesting. So anyway, if people want to start and just check it out, see if it's for them, zivameditation.com slash preview will gift them those first three days. I love that. Thank you. For sure. I would definitely mm-hmm. check that out. It's amazing. Yeah. I love the idea you give them a toolkit to be able to go off on their own and do it on their own and be unplugged from technology. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, it's like who needs more screen time right now? Nobody. Cool. The other thing I love that you wrote on your uh, website is it's designed to get you better at life, not meditation. So sometimes people get, it's a means to an end, right? Sometimes people get caught up in like, oh, I need to meditate perfectly. But it's ultimately, it's about performing better in, in the world, right? Totally. Like, I really think this is going to be on my tombstone. We meditate to get good at life, 
not to get good at meditation. No one cares if you're good at meditation. I promise. I'm very competitive. I wish people cared that I was good at meditation. But also, what does that even mean, good at meditation? Like, it would be like, and honestly, when people start to use that kind of marker, it means they're trying to clear their mind. Because that's what everyone thinks meditation is, is clearing their mind. They're like, oh, I'm not good at it means I'm not good at clearing my mind. I'm like, great, you're not dead. Excellent. That means we're already closer to being better at life. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good point. It's hard to be good at life if you're dead. That is true, Emily. (laughs) You can put on a t-shirt. You heard it here first, kids. It's hard to be good at life if you're dead. (laughs) That's Emily's sense of humor comes from her meditation practice, right? (laughs) And a lot of bad musical comedy growing up. <laughs> Very cool. So, and, and you also have the uh, Ziva Kids for four to four-year-olds. I think that's really yeah. cool. So this is something I've been working on for the past two years. Um, You know, people have been asking me for a decade, like, do you have a kid's meditation training? I want my kids to learn. And I was like, no, 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 not, not me. I don't teach kids. And then I had a kid. I became a mom. And I was like, oh, I get it. Like, to watch your child unnecessarily upset or unnecessarily stressed is just heartbreaking. And so I was like, I don't have to be the best teacher for kids. I'll find the best. And so I started working with folks from Sesame Street, puppeteers, puppet builders, writers, um, child psychologists from Harvard, Dr. Shafali, who's Oprah's parenting expert. And I brought them all on and we've been working on it for the past two years and it came out pretty recently and it's so good. Um, There's two separate courses. One is for four to eight year olds and the other one is nine to 14 year olds. But I have a co-star, his name is Z Bunny, he's a puppet. And our our mutual friend, Jared Matthew Weiss, he wrote the theme song. So like the kids have like um, something they can like do and sing and do their affirmations. And it's really entertaining. Like it's only seven days. It's about 10 to 15 minutes a day for seven days. And then the kids also graduate with mindfulness, meditation and manifesting. And our only complaint is that the kids want it to be longer. They're just like, I want more Z-Bunny. So it's it's really fun. So you can find that at zivameditation.com slash kids. Bunny sounds like an amazing character that people need to get to know. He's so funny. My son, who's three, like loves Z Bunny. He, yeah, it's really. And then you have like a sidekick, as a, a parenting sidekick. You're like, well, what do you think Z Bunny would do? You know, well, Z Bunny loves his carrots. You know, I bet Z Bunny, if he, because my son's now at that age, he's three, and he's starting to hear that message of like, don't cry, don't cry, big boys don't cry. And like, as much as I try and protect him from it, it's just everywhere. And so, I have now this beautiful archetype of Z Bunny who is going through very human experiences and very human emotions. And instead of repressing them or pushing them away, or what I find a lot of parents accidentally do is that they try and use meditation as a pain pill. It makes them uncomfortable to see their child uncomfortable. So like, well, why don't you just meditate or just breathe or just shake it off? And so a lot of the training is teaching both the kids and the parents that meditation is not a pain pill. This is a multivitamin, right? That it's, it's meant to make you more resilient so where you can actually feel your feelings more and move through them more elegantly. But my, my magic wand scenario with Ziva Kids is to empower an entire generation of kids to feel and process their emotions in real time. Very cool. I like that. Do you meditate? With your, does your son, like, does he, does he meditate a little bit or what does he do? Does- I mean, so look, he's not a great data point because he's my kid and so... 
you know, this is the thing I'm most passionate about in the world, but he, he will sit with me and he has since he was two, he'll sit with me for like 22 minutes. Um, it's amazing. I don't think he's meditating, but he sits quietly, lays down or sits next to me for 22 minutes, like a few times a week, not every day, um, but he does it a lot. And I think that our time together is so precious because I, you know, I have a nanny and I'm running a company that I think his math is, well, I'd rather sit with mommy and be with her than, you know, be doing something else. Um, and then, you know, when he, he'll follow along with Z Bunny, like in the videos, but I, I don't think he has like his own practice yet, but also he's three, so. <laughs> it's like the osmosis. And I wouldn't honestly expect that. I was just curious because I don't have any. I don't have any kids, and I'm curious as what that looks like. But mm-hmm. yeah, osmosis and being around that, and like subconsciously getting in, it is probably powerful. Yeah, like even him knowing, like even if he's not doing it, him seeing that I take that time for myself is a really beautiful thing that I want him to see. Like he, I'm sure he can feel me getting tired or stressed or overwhelmed. And then I, I make time and space for myself, which is something I want to model for him. And then I know, you know, kids are so energetically sensitive that I'm sure afterwards he feels, oh, mommy's nicer now. Mommy's heart is more open. Mommy's more fun to play with now after she did this thing that was kind of boring, but I like playing with her more now. So I, I love him seeing all of the shades of that. And something I'm really challenging myself on now is letting him see the full range of my emotions and doing that in a way that feels safe for him. Because I think, again, it's your tendency as an adult. I mean, we all kind of hide our emotions to some degree from everyone, but especially from our children. And I think anyone who had an, an abusive parent or an addict of a parent knows the sensitivity of, well, I never want my child to feel like I'm in like volatile or unstable so then we end up with this opposite end of the spectrum of like manipulation and controlling and repressing of emotions and so now i'm really leaning into if i'm sad like can i give myself permission to just cry in front of him in a way that that i also remind him hey this is not your fault like you didn't do anything wrong mommy's just feeling sad and i'm gonna cry and you know what i'm not mad at you but i am feeling angry right now uh, about something that happened at work and I'm just gonna be angry for a little bit. And and so it's like, it's, it's challenging for me to really express my emotions fully, period. And so to do that in front of my son is like an extra challenge and one that I'm, I'm dancing in right now. Mm. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that, by the way, right? Because most people don't wanna go, go there. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, how can people reach you if they want to start Ziva, connect with you, learn more? Yeah, so everything is at zivameditation.com. That's sort of our hub. We're all over social media. I'd say Instagram is our most active platform, so at Ziva Meditation. And then if people want to start the adult training, um, again, I'd love to gift your folks the first three days of Ziva online. And that is at zivameditation.com slash preview. And Ziva is Z-I-V-A. Any last parting thoughts, lessons, stories you want to share? Yeah, I mean, I'd say if people remember just one thing from this, people who are starting a meditation practice or if they've ever felt like a failure, just remember that the mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily. So if you felt like a meditation failure because you couldn't clear your mind, know that you're not a failure. You likely just haven't been taught yet. And I would love to teach you.
Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emily. That was wonderful. Thank you for having me and congratulations on this. Absolutely. Woo, we did it. <laughs>